Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Looking for Love in All the Wrong Dust Jackets, a show where three disgruntled harpies talk to you about everything we love in romance, whether that's books, movies, TV shows, whatever we like. My name's Liz. I'm Danny. I'm Wiggles. Welcome to the show. Today, we're going to talk to you guys about a new-ish movie on Netflix called Love at First Sight. Came out in September, so still pretty new. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But before we get into all that, we got to start out with the warning. We do it every time. We do it just to make sure everybody knows that we are crass and unhinged. We use all the four-letter words, and we talk about all of the naughty times, though not much in this episode because there wasn't really anything in this movie. Yeah, this one's pretty safe. So, you know, we're still going to swear at you, but you you won't have to deal with, like, the minutia of the sexies. <laughs> <laughs> Minutia, so, minutia of the sexies. The sexies. <laughs> I want that on a t-shirt. <laughs> I couldn't wear it in public, but I want it. <laughs> anyway, what have you guys been up to? Get me caught up on your lives. I will begin, apparently, as they <laughs> stare at each other. So I read Manacled by Sengling Yu, which is a Draco Hermione fanfic, which is all over the TikToks and the other stuff. And it's really good. It's very dark, though. So massive trigger warning for everything in this book. It is obviously a Harry Potter fanfic, um, but it also takes a lot from The Handmaid's Tale, especially like the forced surrogacy aspect of it. So as you can imagine, that's a little difficult, not a little difficult. It's pretty difficult to read and conceptualize, but it's an absolutely amazing book, like five stars. Oh, he got to read it. I'm telling you. And then I read Pucking Ever After Volume 2 by Emily Rath, which is the second like set of epilogue novellas for her pucking around universe some of them were kind of you know like whatever they exist but the the ones with mars and caleb if you know the world oh so good anyway that's what i did i guess i i have been binge watching over again because i've seen them all they're my stories but on tiktok there's she's actually an author it's uh cm alonji she wrote a book called citadel but she made a tiktok series it's skits and it's the cafe latte and it's a cafe in Minnesota that is owned by a fairy and all the weird shit they get into and everything. And she curses Karens just for the fun of it because she can because they are, are in her do domain or they're stupid enough to pay for it with a credit card. And they're being assholes. So that always is really interesting and funny to me. That's pretty much what I did. I've been boring. <laughs> Wigs, what about you? I have been listening to The Hundred-Year-Old Man Who Climbed Out the Window and Disappeared by uh, Johannes Johansson. You, yeah, yeah, or or Johannes Johansson. Either way, that's a lot of repeating sounds. Anyway, it's kind of like if you took, I don't even know how to describe it. It's It, it kind of has a storytelling style of like Forrest Gump where this guy is involved with these very iconic moments in history but also at the same time it's told in this very casual way he's kind of a sociopath so that it's like it's also really complicated because there'll be things like a murder and he's like just real casual about it and you're like bro <laughs> and he's 100 years old <laughs> and so he's supposed to be the sweet old man and he's not there's a lot going on there check it out if you want a complete break 
from romance because it's not <laughs> it. <laughs> Sometimes we need the break from romance. Yes. Uh, I think I'm reaching that point. I'm getting a little, yeah, I in know. a little too deep. Anyway, let's talk about romance, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll actually be talking about a very delightful movie. Yes. So Love at First Sight, our movie here, is based off of the book, The Statistical Probability of Love at First Sight by Jennifer E. Smith, which I believe won or was nominated for Goodyear, or uh, excuse me, Goodreads YA Book of 2012. Yeah, it came out in 2012. Wow. I didn't realize it was that old. Yeah. It's a way better title than just Love at First Sight, I gotta say. I mean, I agree. It's not even a long book. It's only like 230 pages, according to the Goodreads. I don't have it. Is it on Kindle? I don't know. Oh, well. I don't know. I would, if it's on KU, I would probably read it. (sighs) I liked this movie enough that I would go back and read the book retroactively. The movie is delightful. Well, and you don't know how much it, like the movie sticks to the book. And yes, Mm -hmm. it is on KU. Oh. Oh. And it's only like 200 pages? Yeah, you That's could read that in no time. <laughs> it is an afternoon. <laughs> I don't. Oh, I do have space for it. Huzzah! Huzzah! <laughs> I have so many things that I download off of Ku, and I just keep it there until I finally read it. Like I have the Poppy War, and I'm like, when the fuck am I going to read the Poppy War? Honestly, I have so many of those kinds of things. And then worse yet, with this like stuff your Kindle thing. Yes, I'm. I'm constantly like. I don't know when I'm getting back to that book. I'm going to forget what it's about and why I thought it was interesting. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same, actually. <laughs> because the problem is I'm not a single format reader. I'm not an e-reader uh, or a physical book reader or audiobook. I do all of them all at the same time. I do too. I will do an audiobook and one form of other book, but I won't be like reading a physical book and an, a Kindle book at the same time. I mean, I'm, I'm reading seven books right now. That's too much. Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm almost always listening to some sort of audiobook, whether I've listened to it before or not is, is a different thing because I fall asleep to them every night. So I listen to those like I all day today in between, um, like when I was on my breaks and stuff at work, I was listening to the Green Mile. I can't tell you how many times I've listened to that. And it's just because I happened to throw it on when I went to bed last night. I need to be better about reminding myself to listen to the audiobooks I've started because I've been in the middle of this one for a while now and I like it. But every time I reopen it, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? When when I have that problem with audiobooks, I usually just go back a chapter and concede that I'm going to have to sacrifice that time multiple times. The worst one I ever did was The Count of Monte Cristo. I was going through the lexicon of Dumas. <laughs> like, which one? <laughs> and all of his books are written in serial form, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, like, when they they do the unabridged, don't do that. Abridge them because because <laughs> here's the thing: it just repeats the same thing to make sure you're caught up. So it's like the beginning of television episodes when they used to be like last time, ah, uh. you know. And so, you're like, ah. Uh, I don't really want to listen to this again, but I don't want to skip too far ahead because every time I would, I'd be like, I don't know what the fuck's happening. (laughs) The Green Mile was originally written as a serial. Did they abridge that shit? Yes, they did. See, this is what I'm saying. (laughs) But anyway, let's talk about this movie. Yeah. Wiggles, why don't you tell us about the movie? Okay, Danny. Okay. Uh, So in this movie. (laughs) I'm sorry. 
Usually Danny does the overview. So to have her just be like, nope, was pretty funny to me. <laughs> That's why I decided to just go with it. She also <laughs> killed me with her eyes for just a second. So in this movie, we have two people who are moving towards the same destination in space and time and are destined, it seems, to fall in love with one another. We have the character of fate intervening uh, frequently to make sure that they come together and find themselves in the same space. So when they meet at an airport, she has already missed her first flight. Her phone is constantly dead and she goes to plug her phone in at one of the stations finds that it's dead and then finds herself face to face with our cute boy oliver and he is happily willing to share his technology and from that that first face-to-face meeting they're like whoo chemistry (laughs) and from there on out they continue to get to know each other little by little and have a ton of forced proximity situations again intervened by fate or a fate-like character then after a approximately seven hour airplane ride they go their separate ways and have to struggle with whether or not uh it's worth getting past the slightly insurmountable odds of not knowing each other's full names phone numbers social media anything to get back in contact with one another and see if that little spark they felt on the airplane is real and i think everything else as the details we'll get into as we talk about it so you mentioned our fate character a few times so played by the lovely jamila jamel amazing yeah whom all, all, all i can think of every time i see her is tahani she's one of those people that i I have like a few actors that I genuinely just want to do a rundown of. I'm going to watch everything that they've ever been in. Mm -hmm. Some of them will undoubtedly be bad because you take the jobs you can get. Right. Right. But (laughs) I would love to see her in just like everything. So she, sorry, the character, which is just the narrator, Mm -hmm. but really does embody this like fate Mm -hmm. character. She, I, I don't know why, but in my head, I'm like, is this just some like fairy lord who's just come around and is playing with people's lives? Which, I mean, if that's the case, come on over this way. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I'll take some of that energy. (laughs) Yeah, I I loved that that she showed up and they never really seem to acknowledge that it's the same person. So clearly to our main characters, she... They either just can't remember her after they've walked away from her or uh, she does not look like the same person every single time to them. Right. Yeah. Cause she's like, she's the flight attendant. She's the, the customs officer, customs officer. She like, makes sure that he gets her backpack when she leaves it in London. T- she's everywhere. Yeah. She pretends to be one of the mourners at mm-hmm. his father or his mother's funeral thing celebration of life yeah and but she happens to be in the bathroom at uh, hadley's father's wedding Mm -hmm. um and gives her some advice and stuff there so she's just kind of like intermixed but they're definitely coming face to face with her over and over again and so that's what makes me sort of wonder if it's like they forget that they've had an interaction with her or to them she has a different face Mm -hmm. right which would be a terrible shame because she is gorgeous this is facts yeah yeah i stare at her i'm like you are stunning she's gotta know right (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you can't walk around looking like that and not know I'm the hottest thing on two legs. <laughs> I mean, everybody has their own insecurities and right. everything, but she's so. got to know she's gorgeous. I I will say, though, if you've ever, like, followed that the actress Jamila Jamil, like, on social media and stuff, she is a massive advocate for uh, pushing back against diet culture because mm-hmm. oh. she had a huge problem with some sort of eating disorder. Oh. So she's... I don't know. She's a she's a pretty big advocate for women's rights in general. Mm-hmm. And I didn't need a reason to love her more. And now I do. Yeah. Most of her Instagram is just like, oh, this diet fad. Fuck that. And here's why. One of my favorite trainers on TikTok, she, her, half of the, the content she makes is tearing down celebrities who, who like have their own diet. She's yeah. like, oh, really? Really? That's what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what we're going to do. <laughs> She's like, there is no dirty food. There is all the clean food is bullshit. Like, all food is good. Shut up. I love her. Mm-hmm. Shout out. If only I remembered your TikTok name so I could actually give you a shout out. Sorry. But yeah, getting back to our our plot here. I I do think Hadley feels like a very realistic character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think a lot of times in rom-coms. You'll have these fumbling, like, romantic female leads that are like, oh, she's perfect if she wasn't so clumsy or, like, whatever it is, you know? But she just felt like a real person that you would sit next to on the plane. Mm -hmm. They are pretty much the antithesis of each other, which I Mm -hmm. I really enjoy because he's almost always on time. His phone battery is always full. He, you know, he is constantly trying to predict everything because he fucking hates surprises because they were surprised by his mother's cancer when he was little mm-hmm. and trauma but she's the antithesis of it where she's she literally missed her first flight by four minutes i will say i have been there but that was kind of the airline's fault because they made me sit on the tarmac so i really i just missed my connecting flight to your point though i think at the surface they are opposites of each other yes but one of the things that they are both dealing with in their own ways is a version of a loss of a parent Mm -hmm. yes so oliver is dealing with his mother's cancer has come back and she is dying and this celebration of life is actually just her memorial service but before she dies which sounds like a really good idea yeah by the way kick ass let's do it that way yeah whereas hadley is dealing with not losing her parents like to death, but her parents getting divorced. Her dad now lives all the way across the pond in London and is getting remarried. So they both are dealing with really massive life changes around their like family units. And there is to a certain degree, a lot of anger involved in both of those situations, because of course you're going to be angry. If your mother is dying. Yeah. There, you get to be angry. You do. Not saying that you should dwell in it, but you get to be angry. And she has some justifiable anger to her dad. Um, They do have a really lovely, like, sit-down conversation about it. And I'm really glad that they did that scene. But she is, she's mad. And she gets to be. Yeah. Well, when your father takes a job opportunity to teach at Oxford, correct? I believe so, yes. For a semester and then just doesn't come back. Mm Mm-hmm. That leaves you with a lot of questions and anger. And her perspective on it, again, this feels a lot more realistic. Frequently, when there is this this built-up anger, it's 
portrayed through like lashing out and things mm-hmm. like that and that's not really realistic to most adult women and she, like is she still in college and is 20 sure but she's an adult right and so it's just this quiet disappointment really yeah. more mm-hmm. than anything else because I, I thought I could count on you I thought that you were always going to be there right mm-hmm. and so when she does describe this to Oliver and everything that's happening she's like has the same energy of the it is what it is yeah. you know like mm-hmm. <laughs> just I, am I happy about it fuck no but this is what it, my life is now so like you gotta just do it and she is lashing out to a degree she has a plan to lash out because he gave her a very specific book for her to read because he thought she'd really like it and everything and her plan was to give it back to him completely unread and while it's not the like I'm throwing things through a window lashing out. It's a petty lash out. I don't know that I would call it lashing out because the, she's basically saying you've interrupted our tradition mm-hmm. of our lives yeah. and you want to hold on to this specific tradition. And I don't know that I do. And I'm entitled to not want to have things with you that I previously had because you have taken away the stability of all of that. Well, I don't know that that's lashing out so much as just saying... I am not going to participate in this with you until there's trust built up again. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's also a moment or like a thought process of you, father, don't have time for me anymore. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. why am I supposed to make time for you Right. in this tradition? Right. Because the way she talks about it, it's not just that he moved to England and she had less time with him she said she basically hasn't seen him in a year right and with the modern technology that we have that's unacceptable absolutely well especially when they didn't have a conversation before he left of Mm -hmm. this whether it's a permanent move or not but our you know we're not going to be together anymore mom and dad aren't going to be together anymore and we do get that one um really good scene it's short but it's so impactful of like a flashback of her remembering when her they were talking about it right like everybody was in the kitchen Hadley mom and dad and she is like hey be excited about it you're gonna be gone for a semester that's not that long I'm in college but go have fun enjoy England teach at Oxford that's amazing and both mom and dad are like "Uh uh-huh it's just well and actually Mm -hmm. what she said because I don't I think she was still in high school at the time when Mm -hmm. he left and she said, oh, that's cool. I wanted, I always wanted to do a semester abroad because she thought all three of them were going. Right. Yeah. And then mom says, well, no, Hadley, you and I are staying here. Yeah. And it's heavily implied by the looks that they give each other that they are very much aware that they are getting divorced at this point. Yeah. At the very least, they're contemplating a separation. Right. Mm-hmm. Using that as an opportunity to like see if separation is going to be right. a good idea for them. Well, and I, we, we only get to see such short glimpses into both Hadley and Oliver's lives that we can't possibly know every interaction that they're having, but it also feels like her dad sort of bailed on some of the conversations that needed to happen. Yeah. Not just in, I didn't really talk to you about the fact that this was really ultimately us leading to divorce, but also I didn't talk to you about what all of this would mean for you and mean for you and me. Mm -hmm. Right. 
I believe, I have no way to confirm this is right or wrong, but it seems like Hadley's an only child because nobody else goes with her to the wedding and she doesn't mention a sibling when Oliver mentions Luther, his brother. Right. Yeah. They never mention her having any sibling. There's no, like if, I feel like if she had had a sibling in, in the story, the sibling would have also been in that like flashback where they're yeah. having that conversation, you know, or at the wedding or at the wedding or yeah. even a, a brief mention of, oh, my brother can't come because of right. whatever. Yeah. So now I have to deal with this all on my own. Right. Mm-hmm. So the point I'm getting what I'm trying to get at here is if this divorce happened, it happened suddenly without all the, all the correct conversations mm-hmm. and Hadley doesn't have anybody else who's going through it with her. Right. That's so much more difficult. And has all this happening at one of the biggest transitions you have from childhood to adulthood, which Absolutely. is if you're not going to college, then you're getting your first job. That's a really hard time to do any big change on top of what is a momentous change for most people. Mm-hmm. Right. But they do have, for me, what is probably one of the most heartbreaking scenes towards the end of the movie where Hadley has gotten lost in London and eventually Mm -hmm. finds somebody to borrow their phone to call dad. And she's tearing up, which I thought the actress like portrayed that emotion. Just so amazing. The like frustration and breakdown of like, I can't handle this. I just need my parent with a little bit of twinge of I'm a little scared because I'm in a very large city, not knowing where I am. It was, and she's also recovering from the, a very harsh conversation that she had with Oliver mm-hmm. and she's dealing with the this thing that especially if you're used to being independent and she definitely gives off that vibe of I I'm so frustrated that I can't take care of everything myself yep. yeah you know and all of that happened in like one moment where she just like calls her dad and starts tearing up and I felt that in my soul mm-hmm. well and the fact that then he immediately stops everything and goes. He doesn't send a car for her. He goes himself to get her. It's his wedding day. They've mm-hmm. literally just gotten married. And not only he goes, but she does. Charlotte. Charlotte is the exact opposite of every 90s stepmom. Yes. Absolutely. I fucking love her. I cannot imagine how stressful it is to have your wedding and to meet your now husband or you know fiance's adult child for the first time at said wedding and yet the entire time is just like oh honey we put too much on you you got too stressed out we wanted too much from you it's okay I'm here do you want a bite of my sandwich (laughs) what do you need I think she's able to tap into letting that go um, and letting go that her wedding isn't perfect because they are an older couple they have Mm -hmm. the maturity of going it's it's not about the perfect day. It's about me making a commitment to you. And right. at the end of the day, if we've successfully done that, then everything else is kind of okay. But that's not something you have when you're in your 20s and like you have a bunch of people breathing down your neck and are worried about the, do the flowers go with the rest of the place settings? And is, is the cake going to arrive on time and shit like that? Like, and and so I think that's why weddings so frequently are portrayed as this thing where everything has to be perfect. But I think more and more 
as I'm going to more weddings of people who are in their 30s, uh-huh. right? <laughs> There's this thing of like, it's it's going to be what it's like. It's a wedding. It's going to be down. what it do. Yeah. Like, well, relax. <laughs> I also think you have less the older you get of the like the parents yep. also influencing that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. It did also That's a big thing. Another big thing about Charlotte. I love that she even when like they had just finished the wedding, he was talking to Hadley and they wanted Charlotte for something. She had just been introduced to Hadley and she was like, whatever, I don't care. I'm talking to the guest of honor because mm-hmm. she was so excited to meet her. Right. And she like she literally from the moment you set eyes on her was doing nothing but trying to make Hadley comfortable in the situation. She was wonderful from the very yeah. first and looked fucking stunning in that wedding dress. Oh, my, oh God, my God. That dress was stunning. Right. And and so simple. Well, it was also age appropriate. Yep. Yes. Uh, but but managed to look very sexy, mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. very elegant. Mm-hmm. Like whoever the costume designer is. Yeah. His suit was also tailored lovely. Well, it was a good suit. My husband said it was too tight. Well, <laughs> that's Pappy. <laughs> oh, all right. I don't know where to go from there. Oh, I was talking about the conversation, though, that Hadley and her dad have. Mm, yes. Which is feels so real. Mm-hmm. Like it, it feels like he's not trying to like just placate her. Right. When she asks, why did you leave? Why didn't you fight for us? There's that really it's just a simple line of it's really complicated. And I like that he was forthcoming and honest with I don't really have a good answer. Yeah, Yeah, he didn't make excuses. No. And he really talked cleanly about the fact that it was not something where either one of them necessarily mistreated each other. But you you his i'm trying to remember his exact words but it's something along the lines of you have to keep fighting for each other and we forgot about that we stopped we stopped doing it right essentially yeah which is what basically every couple that breaks up where there isn't a partner who has done something abusive say that it's it's just at one point we weren't doing the work Mm -hmm. you know well and also, if you listen to like couples that have been together for a long time, that's what they say is we keep trying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, OK, I'm going to have us rewind time, um, kind of like they do in the movie <laughs> <laughs> and back up. And I guess let's talk about the perspective that Oliver is coming from. So Oliver is we've talked a little bit about the fact that he is very anti-surprise. He tries to mitigate risk with statistics. Mm-hmm. At one point, we do find out that his thesis that he's trying to prove is, can you statistically predict love at first sight or something like that? Yeah. Or or true love. I can't remember exactly what it was. And he's just trying to control every aspect of his life with with facts and figures um, and not living in the the push and pull that is life that you can't predict. Mm-hmm. right the the roller coaster is going to keep going even if you know the speed it's going at yeah and he's he's gotten this way one because he's good with numbers which like good for you you don't have to rub it in the face of us big dumb math idiots um, <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about i'm actually pretty good at math i'm specifically targeting myself with that one. Oh, i know <laughs> <laughs> but 
He's also coming from a very creative family. And so he's got like, he's like the singular right brain amongst left brains. Yeah. And, and is dealing with the fact that his mother is taking her own diagnosis in his mind less serious than he is and has chosen rather than to continue her treatments to live out the rest of her days the best that she can, Mm -hmm. including having this ceremony where basically her friends and family are performing for her um, and telling her the things that they want to say or would have said at her funeral all Shakespeare themed though yes that that, I forgot that one's very specific detail yeah (laughs) but they do a really good job of showing you how loved she is by Mm -hmm. through the people and their performances one of my favorite parts of the whole movie honestly is there's one guy who's struggling (laughs) to get his speech out and he's like I worked really hard on this I swear And, uh, you know, he's just up there giving his best. And you can tell that guy that's that's not his cup of tea. <laughs> no. But cares enough to try. I really loved Oliver's mom and dad, Val and Tessa, I believe. I think so, yeah. I think so. Uh, they are the, the actors. I don't know if they know each other or what, but they portrayed like a loving, slightly older married couple so well yes there's a, a particular line where he was talking about you know that when he first met her he was playing uh richard the third and he goes wonderfully and she goes terribly <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's such a you know married older couple thing and i my little heart went pitter patter for that specifically that line which is an awkward little line that i was just like oh yeah uh, well and the the speech he gives talking about just why they're there and how she ends up finishing it that it took all my willpower not to just like have a good old cry fest. oh yeah. i had one because she goes she gives a little speech about you know there's no rules to the day except you can't leave without saying goodbye yeah no i burst into tears and had to pause the movie for a second i was like oh my god you know it's very clear that there's a part of him that also would love for her to keep fighting to stay alive, but he's going to respect her wishes because he loves her enough to mm-hmm. say like, yeah, we're going to give you whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Well, she does mention it when Oliver like brings this up to her and she's like, to what point Yeah, mm-hmm. to live another nine months, maybe mm-hmm. as opposed to three. Right. And those nine months would be spent in misery. Right. Mm-hmm. And he has, Almost a moment where you can see like the little kid coming through where he says, but you'd be here. I'm not crying. You're crying. (laughs) (laughs) It is a really emotion like watching that whole that whole speech, like uh, the list of of people going up there and just doing the random performances. They're all dressed as Shakespearean characters, which is hilarious and devastating at the same time Mm -hmm. for whatever reason to me. It is. It's really emotional. And they talk about like how many times the word love is used. Well, they do that with the wedding and mm-hmm. with the the funeral ceremony. And it's a really common thing to compare weddings and funerals because both gather people, right? Mm-hmm. One yep. gathers them for joy. One gathers them for sadness. And the the importance of these collective joys and sadness. And so I really liked the way they compared those because it was not saying one was 
more important or less important. It was saying it's interesting w- how we we describe love in both moments. Right? Exactly. Yes. Yep. I thought it was cute and smart. It was cute. And she, Hadley, shows up in the middle of this because she thinks it's a wedding. Mm-hmm. Because she she saw his suit at the airport and just made the, what is kind of a logical assumption that he is also going to a wedding and he did not correct her. I cannot blame him for not correcting her. Right. Well, and it's hard to explain, too. Yeah. Because it's not really a funeral. Yeah. And so having to explain, well, my mom is dying. And because of that, she wanted everyone to come and say their final words to her face. It's a little bit more difficult, especially when you don't want to accept that she's making that choice. Exactly. But so she shows up because there is four hours in between the wedding and reception. Who has four hours? I I wouldn't go to the reception. I loved you and Pappy's wedding. I had a blasty blast. I probably wouldn't have gone to the reception if there was four hours in between. We'd be so drunk by the time the reception started. Oh my God, we would. We we already worked pretty hard on that. I mean, oh, I yeah, we like did a what? good job of it, but damn. Two hours? Something like that? Maybe. It was a long time ago. It was uh, a long time ago. <laughs> and again, I want us to rewind <laughs> <laughs> and go back to... So they, they form this bond... Over the time that they are on the plane, a lot of it, that they do have their quote unquote first date where after she asks for his charger, they go and get food at whatever food court is close by. And then fate intervenes and makes his seatbelt break. So he has to go and sit with her up in business class, which she got upgraded to because she missed her last flight. And that was the only ticket she could get. Uh, and there was one space available on the plane when his seat belt was broken. Yes. And so, of course. But them falling, I don't know, not necessarily falling in love, although I guess that's what the story is trying to say is love. Well, that's, that's flat out what fate says is over the next seven hours, they will fall in love. Right. I don't know if I would, I personally would call that love. I would call that uh, intriguing like. Right. Maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But they do. They have these great moments of sharing little pieces of themselves. There's this wonderful moment when the flight is taking off and she's not a great flyer. And she reaches over and grabs his hand and he proceeds to gently convince her not to freak out by asking her a series of questions. And I was like, this is a really cute moment. (laughs) It was really cute. It was really cute. I was just staring at their hands going, grab it, grab it, grab his hand. And she delivered. Oh yeah, she yeah. did. Yeah. But it was a good. It was a good. Like I can't grab his hand. We barely know each other. And then like it was a finally give in. I'm like, fuck yes, girl. Yes, you take that hand. You gotta. There's a cute boy. Well, he is a cute there was boy. a lot of hand action in this movie. <laughs> uh, that sounds inappropriate. It's it not did. in the movie. It's just literally. It's it's Darcy flexing his hand level of like inappropriate. Calm down. Calm down. It's fine. <laughs> But there was like there were lots of moments where they were holding hands or uh, they would put a hand on each other's shoulders or things like that, and there was a lot of hand action. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought that that airplane scene or montage of moments wasn't a montage, but uh, did did a lot of groundwork. It did, mm-hmm. and I appreciate it. 
Well, we also get the almost kiss right outside the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And there was a part of me that I was like, I know that it will pay off if they don't, but just let them kiss. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but the, the moment that I was like, I fell in love with this man is when he comes out in the like airplane pajamas yes. that they, apparently you get in business class. It's a thing I didn't know. That's because we poor. True. Yep. Yeah. So he comes out in, in the bath, in the pajamas and strikes his pose and is all trying to be cute and like what do you think sexy mm-hmm. like oh you're funny too great cool yep, yep. Mm-hmm. yeah i definitely was and he had like didn't he have like the face mask on top of his head i don't like remember. the entire time down i yeah i noticed the the like ridge that's for your nose was pointed upward <laughs> <laughs> i was like i don't think you got that right <laughs> yeah so and then he's like let's put on the cinema and i'm like oh you're British. I also think it's interesting that she at no point goes, yeah, I'm going to put these pajamas on. Because that's, I would not either. I would be like, I'm literally going to get off this plane in daytime. So <laughs> I, are you telling me that I need to put pajamas on for like a couple of hours and then get changed back into my clothes that I came on the plane on? That's a lot of work. <laughs> but I'd take them. Well, for sure. If you give me free shit, I'm taking it. Yeah. I'm an American. <laughs> yeah. I also really liked that you could see the the like the way that they they were almost couldn't get enough of looking at each other mm-hmm. in all of the things that were happening. And so the the almost like I'm not looking. The side glances. Yes. The yes. side eye. Oh. Especially when she was sleeping and he was writing his speech for his his mom's memorial, and he just like kept looking at her. I was like, "Oh, buddy!" Mm-hmm. It was a cute little look too, just like a happy little like gaze at her while she was asleep. I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, sir, you gonna get me pregnant looking at someone like that?" Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, ultimately, I like that they both were mentally trying to convince themselves that it was crazy because that's Mm -hmm. what you would do in that situation. Oh, absolutely. You'd be like, no, I'm, I'm just, I just must have a lot going on. Like I'm not literally falling for the guy who's sitting next to me in the airplane. Like that's, that's insane. Right. I'm not, that's not, (laughs) I don't know. He was pretty cute. He was was uh, pretty cute. He is very cute. And at first I was like, I feel weird about how, attracted i am to this man and then i was like oh he's like our age never mind it's fine yeah the character's 22 the yeah. actor is like 32 yeah <laughs> which i would say is probably my one gripe about this movie is the actors don't look the age which is fine that happens all the time mm-hmm. but they also don't like feel the age and i don't know if that comes from acting or directing or like the writing or just as you get older you don't have the same awkwardness as 20 year olds yeah they just came across as more mature yeah mm-hmm. and who knows maybe maybe 20 year olds are more mature than we were when we were 20 we did some weird shit nah man my sister's I 24 so. i can tell you that's not true no, no. That's true. I, 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 I don't think so no i'm not gonna like throw my 22 year old sister under the bus right now but like also i don't think that's true <laughs> um that said I don't know if you guys have seen this, but there's like a whole TikTok thing happening right now where people are like, Gen Z is aging like milk and millennials are aging like wine. And I'm like, bitch, where? (laughs) No, I have seen it. It's millennials are like, for some reason, we're not aging physically. 
And I'm like, tell that to my knees, my back. Oh, no, no, oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the way we look, not our actual <laughs> bodies. <laughs> like, trust uh, me, I'm old. <laughs> which, no, I do agree. We actually, most of us do look younger than we actually are. Yeah. Now, my body hurts everywhere, and I am acutely aware of the fact that I am 36 years old, but... Yeah, but like, Danny, if you walked into some place, this, this, I'm tangenting, whatever, I'll come back quickly. Just the way you look right now. And you said, and, and somebody asked, how old are you? I'd be like, oh, you're probably like 27 or something. I appreciate so. you. <laughs> I, but, I, but I mean, that's like all of us, right? Mm-hmm. There's only a very few of us who even look their age at all. I Yeah, I don't know. I I do think that there is something to, I think, Gen Z fashion tries to make them look older it's because trying to bring back the 90s yeah which and i think that's died. part of it you know back. and and you know when we were 20 years old we weren't putting a full beat of makeup on you know that's, that's true. true it was just ooh, i put black eyeliner on today look at me <laughs> i didn't yeah. even go that far. i'm so lazy <laughs> i'm like I, oh that that seems like so much effort yeah anywho i do think that they don't look they're I don't they don't look as young as they're supposed to be portraying either they don't look like aged or anything like that but they 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 don't look 22 they don't look 22 and, and she definitely doesn't look 20 right yeah. you know honestly I like the story better if they're in their mid to upper 20s yeah because I could see having that connection and having it feel stronger at that mm-hmm, age mm-hmm. because you're you just you know what you like better and wanting to fight it more at that age like you're not still like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and like have the goal of falling in love the way like most of uh, i mean most women were raised on fairy tales in this country yeah Yeah. and so like you have this like mental idea that you know the someday my prince will come right like all that shit (laughs) and (laughs) even by the time you're i would say you're like 25 26 you start having the mental thought process of like that's kind of fucking stupid. I have other ambitions and goals than to simply find somebody that I'm like, hey. <laughs> but you also come to recognize the moments that you need to like hold on to something harder mm-hmm. because you've gone through so many cycles of like letting something pass by or just being like, oh, what if? So I could totally see like somebody who's 27 at their dad's wedding being like, I have four hours. I can find this guy. I know where he's going to be. See. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Although, it's kind of a dick move. Like, she was literally in the middle of a conversation with with her dad and his new wife and was like, I got to go. So, okay, goodbye. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But also four hours. You know, what are you going to do for four hours? Get drunk. Yeah. They were supposed to take pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that that does add on quite a bit of time. I do think it was funny uh, going back to their wedding in general. Like she finally like gets there with it was something stupid, like 11 minutes to spare or something like that. And uh, and the first thing that one of the other bridesmaids tells her is the first thing you need to know about a British wedding is that you get hammered. (laughs) Yes. And I was like, okay, uh. Why don't you come on over to the Midwest and we'll we'll you'll fit right we'll in. We'll show you how we'll, we'll show yeah. you how that works. <laughs> well, I I don't think we're passing out shots of tequila though. Mm, not at thirty. Not in my thirties. No. Right. <laughs> like, in my twenties. Yeah. 
I mean, I was definitely at your wedding, handed a flask about two minutes after I walked in. Was it full of tequila? Uh, No, it was full of whiskey because it was from your husband. Right. And there's a difference between I'm going to take a pull from a flask and I have to take what looked like a double shot. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. (laughs) Well, we've been talking about Hadley and Oliver. What do you think about their reconnection? Their second connection? Are you talking about when she shows up? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that up until he gets to a point where he like can't really be having the conversation that they're having at that time. Yeah. It's a very cute and successful interaction. Like you couldn't have asked for a more tolerant uh, set of parents to react to you showing up to a funeral ceremony unannounced yeah they're basically like a girl (laughs) that's pretty much they say they're like oliver's friend yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, tell us more (laughs) but i guess the thing that i really appreciated is oliver like like they they went aside and had their conversation and and he tried to kiss her and she didn't think the time was appropriate which was look at you valid being mature yeah and then he kind of snaps at her and and storms off a little bit, which also felt very accurate with yeah. all of the emotions and just like shit he's dealing with. And like the scene with his mom where he's trying to convince her to get treatment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would kind of mm-hmm. break down. He's right. in emotional turmoil and he used her as the sounding board for his anger. Yeah. Well, and it's again, this comes back to ultimately they're strangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if he's going to hurt anybody, might as well be somebody he maybe won't ever need to see again. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's the one person in that situation he's allowed to, Mm -hmm. right? Because his brother's grieving just like him. His dad is grieving just like him. And his mom is sick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then he delivers a very nice speech. He does. And they did something in this movie. It is something that I so appreciate. So fate intervenes again. She hands him her backpack because she leaves her backpack, which has her phone and all her monies in it, which, as we have previously discussed, she is then lost in London with nothing and has to find a way to call her dad. I still don't know how she doesn't swallow her pride and go back and get that fucking backpack. Oh, I would have. I would have been like, sunken ditch. That's my backpack. God damn it. Right. But he has the backpack up on stage with him at his feet. Now, it would be a very typical rom-com move. For midway through the speech, for him to pick up that backpack and run out the door to go look for her. They do not do it. And I appreciate it so much. Right, because it's not a good time for you to do that. No. And it's, you have to still be there for your family. You might have had this epiphany moment of like, oh my God, the, I, I think I really do need to connect with this this person, right? But also, you have her phone and her wallet at some point you're gonna interact and it does not need to be the moment where you are celebrating your mother's life yes right and it's it's the moment when he looks down that he realized because he tried to to turn his mother's life into statistics yep and he realized at that moment because she had had the conversation with him about why do you always you know divert with statistics and everything and that's when he tried to kiss her and i think that's when he realizes that oh i am doing this and i can't not everything can be this way. I need to really tell my mother how I feel about her. Mm-hmm. And it is a heart-wrenching moment. I'm not crying. You're crying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they still wait until the end of the memorial mm-hmm. for him and his family to mm-hmm. go after her. Yes. 
and that whole whole situation was a lovely delightful (laughs) because the like the bickering is like perfect family bickering where it's like no no go that way i am driving right now could you not (laughs) can't this go any faster (laughs) and then the dad just in the background going oh we haven't taken a family trip in a while It was perfect. I was like, God damn, that's cute. No, you have to go this way. It's on the other side. His mother kills me. I think the dad is probably my favorite. Maybe of all of the characters. I also did really like his brother, though. I thought he was hilarious. He was was exactly who that character needed to be. Mm -hmm. Like the person who's just like, oh, my reaction to pain is chaos. Because he shows up to pick his brother up from the airport, right? And he's got his boombox on wheels and is playing his, like, I don't know if he's a DJ or like. Yes. It's something like that, right? But it's like EDM. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's so inappropriate. And he does he does a mix uh, for his mom at this ceremony thing. And it's like. And the best part is when they're like arguing about it and he's like, well, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'm going to give a speech like a normal person. (laughs) (laughs) Which, to be fair, probably seemed the most out of place because nobody was given speeches. They were doing like all sorts of bits from Shakespearean plays and it was like interpretive Interpretive dance. dance. (laughs) Songs. There was there was people who sang. Mm hmm. And then they finally get together. He finds her at her family's wedding reception. Yeah. But she's like, even though I I will say this, even though she has gone gotten rescued by her dad and his new wife and is at the wedding ceremony, uh, she's found a way to be off on her own sulking in the corner. <laughs> I feel that she though. Steps yeah. away for a minute. They did have a delightful dance. They did. It, the best part was it felt so real, the, like, dad winning her over. Like, oh, no, you know you're going to do this dance. I'm going to make it awkward if you don't. Oh, and yeah, it's that's- clearly a dance they have done at countless weddings and things where dances happen. Like, it's, it you know, it looks a little scripted, but, it like, in the way of this is what dad and I do when we dance to this fucking song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The father-daughter dance was perfect it was so cute it was so fucking cute and then she sulks away and oliver sees her in the window and you're like oh a romeo juliet moment and then she walks away from the window and i'm like you can't do that (laughs) (laughs) i thought the same exact thing i was like you can subvert some expectations that's not one of them (laughs) he is not dressed as romeo though he is dressed as macbeth oh no right it was macbeth Macbeth. well so here's an interesting fun tidbit for you so recently i read this article by someone who who studies shakespeare and all of that and she's she points out that at no point in any language of the script is it called for there to be a balcony and that shakespeare honestly wouldn't know what the architecture of a balcony is and it's only through our revival of shakespeare that the balcony ultimately is added to the script and it's the expectation. You can't do Romeo and Juliet without a balcony. That's fascinating. Oh, that is yeah. fascinating. So that's a that's a weird little fun tidbit for you. If I find the article, I'll I'll post it on something. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make Liz post it on Instagram. <laughs> I do love Wiggles uh fun fact corner. Yeah, fun fact corner from Wiggles. Boop. 
right there. Uh, I will say when they finally, at the end of the movie, you finally get the kiss. Mm-hmm. It was a nice kiss. It, it was, was a nice, a nice kiss. kiss. It was a nice kiss. I knew it was going to be, he's got a good mouth. <laughs> were you I've, staring at it? A few times. <laughs> there were a few. He talks nice. He does talk nice. Mm. You know? He also has a nice accent. There, There's a quote from the 2005 Pride and Prejudice that stuck with me like forever but it's when she's with her aunt at the restaurant and he, she's like there's something pleasant about the way his mouth moves <laughs> <laughs> that's a deep cut for those of you who watch that movie i guess so it's not even she's not like the camera isn't even focused on them it's like one of those weird scenes where it's like coming in from a, around the corner or oh something. yeah yeah so there you go is that the kira knightley one yeah 2005 i have no i have no memory of that well, I guess you're going to have to watch it. Oh, oh shucks. <laughs> I also really liked the when they when they pulled out of that scene and the narrator has her little overlay of like and then they got married and they had all these kids and blah 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 and Hadley was there Hadley was there holding Oliver's hand when his mom died. And he was holding her hand when she died. And I lost it. Oh, yep. yeah. I lost it. I was like, oh, <laughs> you can't just drop that in at I the knew. end. And then in my brain, I was like, Oliver lost the two most important women in his life. Oh, no. Well, and you, d- you don't know how they sort things out because they're no. still from two different countries. Mm-hmm. Like for, well, he's studying. for now, he's studying in the U.S. But like, then what? But you just assume that somehow they figure it out. They do. They do. I mean, she's got a vested interest to be in England and a vested interest to be in the U.S. Mm-hmm. No, that that ending was very good. Yeah. I like that it it informs you that they ended up together, but it's not like, oh, my God, I love you. They've known each other for like 10 hours at this point. Well, and it, it almost makes you wonder because she, she chooses at the very end to extend her stay in England. Um, over Christmas. Over Christmas. Was- and so... How much longer did his mom actually live? They said at one point that it was like three months is what the estimate was. But of mm-hmm. course, it could have been yeah. three yeah. weeks. Could, could have been three months. It could have been a year. Right. Yeah. You know, like sometimes those things aren't as clean cut. And I kind of like that we don't get to know. We just see this very, very short snippet of time. It's less than 24 hours, I think. It is. I think so, yeah. yeah. It does also really make me want like something more like i know i'm like mm-hmm. ooh, tell me more about like the after with yes i want to i want to see their lives together because i like the fact that they go you know they tell you what happens but not really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that's also the sort of the advantage of the quote-unquote happy ending right is right. that mm-hmm. there in real life there is no happy ending because the story continues on afterwards right mm-hmm. and so they can keep it nice and tidy <laughs> when the reality is life is very messy yeah well, since we just wrapped up talking about the end of the movie, let's wrap up the episode. Not like a condom. That was but like a bow. Yeah. We said that once in like one of the first episodes and it's I just true. wanted to bring it back. <laughs> it's just fun to, fun to do a throwback. Yeah. What are your guys' spice rating? I mean, uh, there's none. There's none. 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 There's a nice there's kiss. tension in the airplane uh, in front of the bathrooms. Yeah, that but, was nice. But even the kiss is more of a romantic kiss and less like a, you know. Yeah. 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 Zero. Big fat goose egg. Yep. Yeah. Romance rating, though. Talk to me about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I think I'm going to give this a solid four. Same. I'm thinking of four as well because like it's not just them. It's their parents too. And there's a lot going on there. I yes. loved I loved the representation of the different couples and yes. and showing the different types of love as well. Yes. Well, and their romance for being only 24 hours, they didn't try to shoehorn like a we're going to be in love now and, yeah. and stuff. It was just like a I think we'll see where this goes. Let's try this. Like the end narrator says that they got married and everything, but that's not a they got married tomorrow. That's a, you know, they spent all these years together. They got married. They had children, that kind of thing. It This was just the beginning of their relationship. And it felt very real and natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's your overall rating? I think I'm going to stay with the four on that as well. Me too. I would definitely watch it again. Is it like, oh my God, I'm in love with it? Not necessarily, but I did enjoy it quite a bit. I watched this with Pappy because I had realized like the day before we had to record that I needed to watch it. And I was like, I'm going to put this on. He's like, okay, I'll, I'll just play Switch. And then he just like kept watching it with me. And halfway through, I had to remind him, were you just going to play Switch? He's like, I think I'm good. <laughs> and we just watched it together. Um, so it was a very delightful like little romantic date night movie too um that made us both cry so i think i'm gonna give it i i'm wavering between a four and a 4.5 i think i'm gonna go with the 4.5 do it i think i'm gonna do it i'm also giving it a 4.5 i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed all the people in it and it made me both have heart flutters and cry which is a good thing in my book mm-hmm. yeah because of mm-hmm. the emotions yep mm-hmm what would you guys recommend to people, though, if they wanted more of this vibe? So the more adult version features Sandra Bullock, our rom-com queen, is Forces of Nature. It's her and Ben Affleck. And I think they, they I don't remember if they, it's been so long since I watched it. I don't remember if they meet at the airport or if they, like, their flights get canceled and they, like, they ultimately they end up traveling to the same destination together. So there's that. But if you want to lean more to the YA side of it, The Breakfast Club. Um, okay. Oh. They've, they have multiple couples who are connecting that are sort of opposite of tracks. You have the, like, awkward teenage, I don't know what to do with my hands thing. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Do you want to go older or younger? You pick. <laughs> I would recommend One Last Stop uh, by Casey McQuiston. That is a book. She's the same author that did Red, White, and Royal Blue. And this is also a, I don't know if it's categorized as young adult, but they're they're in their 20s, I think. Mm-hmm. And instead of a, a plain meet-cute, it's the subway, uh, the New York subway rail meet-cute. And it is sapphic, uh, which is nice to always venture into that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I will say it also has a little bit of time travel in it. So just (laughs) if you want like a little bit of like sci-fi, just like a droplet in there. But it's a really lovely book and I like it a lot. So mine is solely on vibes. It really isn't anything like similar as far as storyline or anything. It's just the vibes. And it is Juno. Mm. Okay. The awkwardness is a thing and it is very much a younger, but they have the, the... very they have to have the very adult conversations and everything because they're you know a big thing is happening because she got pregnant and so yeah I just it's purely a vibe thing for me I'm like I Juno I love Juno fair enough 
Well, folks, if you liked this episode, please find us out on our socials at Wrong Dust Jackets on TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, Threads, YouTube. You'll find us out there. Uh, and leave a comment. We'd love to hear from people. We'd love to hear what you liked, um, what you'd like us to do next. Also, check out our website at wrongdustjackets.com to get the full list of things we're going to be uh, reviewing in upcoming episodes, as well as some blog posts for things that we haven't reviewed in an episode. Otherwise, we'd love to hear from you on the Spotify or whatever the hell you're listening to this on. And that's all we got. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye now. Goodbye. Thank you.